Kiss it goodbye. Gone. Done. Out. Get him out. They're done. Flyers aren't doing anything this year. They stink. Six to one. To Buffalo. Buffalo. You want to know how many wins they have? Six. You want to know how many they have after tonight? Seven. Come on, man. I mean, I know we've talked rock bottom a few times, and when when is that actually going to be? When is that hit? But it's here. Like, this is it. This is the game. This is the one. The Flyers just lost to the worst team in hockey and didn't just lose to them. Got completely destroyed by the worst team in hockey. That's where the Flyers are at this season. Forget playoffs. You know what? Not only forget playoffs, I, I don't know how far this can go. And I don't want to overreact because I, I may end up overreacting, you know, to a big time loss to the worst team in hockey. But this is the kind of loss and the kind of reality that may alter your future. In how many ways? In what ways? Who knows what that may be? Here to help us out with that. Joining me on the Dr. Glatt Regrow Hairline, Dr. Paul Glatt, Philadelphia's leading hair restoration doctor. Visit drglatt.com. It is Larry Henry Jr. at LHenry019. Great at covering all things hockey here for the gambler, especially the Flyers. So the the last time I talked about the Flyers, my last guest, Kelly Hinkle of Broad Street Hockey, she does a tremendous job. Um, the last time I talked to the Philadelphia Flyers on this program, the first question out of my mouth, even after a win, an overtime win against Buffalo, I asked, should AV be fired? After a loss, 6-1 to one, to the worst team in hockey, I ask you again, and this is the first question I will lead off with, should the Flyers fire their head coach? No. No, I, I you know, as much as I want to say how big of a disappointment this season has been, and we still have 24 games to go. I don't think Elaine Vigneault is really, truly the problem. I think the players as a whole have digressed as a team, uh, a regress. Um, you know, defensively, they are not doing anything right. Um, I mean, we're talking about a team right now that is second, have led up the second most goals in the league, 123 goals. Um, the only team worse, the Ottawa Senators, uh, one thirty-five. So um, yeah, there's there's not much, not many positives you can take away from this bunch. And let let me remind you, this is the bunch that we were so high on last season. I mean, not much has changed. I mean, they've lost a they've lost a few guys, uh, you know, offensive depth guys. They lost lost Matt Niskanen, lost. Carter Hart, I mean, he seems lost right now. Um, you know, I wonder if he ever gets back to this form, uh, his form from last uh, year. I wonder if he gets back to that this season. But I don't think it's truly Elaine Vigneault's fault because, I mean, this is a team that I think when you look at it, the players are, I guess they're trying their best. 
They're trying to get through this, but there's no real leadership right now. And with the amount of veterans you have on this team, the likes of Claude Giroux, the likes of Jake Voracek, Kevin Hayes, uh, James Van Riemsdyk, I mean, come on. Somebody step up. It's just Now it's just embarrassing. I mean, you should have lost the other night to Buffalo. You, let's be honest, you should have lost. Um, you know, you're playing the worst team in the league, and, and they cough it up at the end. But, um, you know, tonight is just a, kind of re, a reality check for this team. And uh, like we were saying off the mic, I, I don't think this team is a playoff team. I really don't. And with when you're le- when you have the second most conceded goals in the league, you're not a playoff team. You look at the teams around them that have let up over you know 115 goals. None of those teams will make the playoffs. None of them. Ottawa, Buffalo, Vancouver, Detroit, Columbus. Even though they were good last year, they won't. And the Flyers right now. Um, I don't think Vignol goes, but I think something. If they're going to make a move and try to turn this thing around. They have to make a move in the next couple of days, whether it's a roster move, whether it's uh, some kind of trade, uh, get somebody in defensively, um, but something's got to change. Something's got to change, but I, I mean, I have to admit, aren't, aren't we past that point? Like, we're, we're past the point of a trade make, making any kind of significant improvement, right? This is not, not to say beyond repair. We've seen maybe worse get repaired and, and end up winning a Stanley Cup, but... Uh, at this point, I don't know what what would be the worth of making a big move to change your season when I don't know if that big move is going to really change anything for what is now, I mean, looking like one of the worst teams in hockey. It, it's it's hard to say because when I look at it, I mean, you know, obviously everyone saw the news yesterday with Jane Gosses who are going on uh, with wa- on waivers, and, uh, you know, I saw a lot of mixed reaction to it. You know, oh, he's... You know, he should be staying. He's, he's still a good talent. He just needs to kind of, you know, look at what he's working with in the defensive end. But, I mean, he's been to blame for a couple of the losses and a couple uh, silly mistakes defensively. So um, I still think that they can make a move. Uh, Chuck Fletcher really needs to, you know, look at this and say, okay, can we turn this thing around? Because when you do look at it, right, you look at the teams. Um, when I go back to the goals against, out of all the teams, like in the top eight, top nine goals conceded, I mean, the Flyers are the only ones that are in the top, you know, 16, 17 in the league, uh, stats-wise. Everyone else is under 20. Um, but um, it's just really hard to say right now, you know, what kind of response we're going to get from this team because I was at the Wells Fargo Center Saturday. They had, they played really well defensively against the New York Rangers, a game which I – kind of labeled as a must win after those, you know, drubbings they took, the nine nothing and the eight to eight to three and all. Um and it was a good performance. And then watching Monday night, uh, it was kinda of like, okay, you know, where where'd the team from Saturday go? Where's the team that was in your face and making good defensive plays? Um so uh I think the Flyers they're they're gonna have to in the next couple of games, I mean, it's tough because next they have the Islanders away. They have Boston away. They have Boston at home, the Islanders away again, and Boston at home. Those are those are the toughest five games they've had in a while. And if you can't beat Buffalo or at least keep it close, let alone, I mean, you should be beating this team, let's be honest. 
But you get drubbed by them. I mean, what's going to happen against the Islanders in Boston? That we need a response. And, um, you know, I don't know if we're definitely going to get it because, like I said, the leadership right now on this team looks out the door. Yeah, it does look out the door. We're talking with Larry Henry Jr. at LHenry019 on Twitter. Uh, So the Flyers completely look lost. And I'm lost in even where to begin with this team. Uh, but where does it begin? So you've been talking about the the chance of possibly bringing in a player via trade. Is there a small chance now with the way things are going, if this continues to snowball, any chance that they end up being sellers or if they would end up maybe making a move to send somebody else somewhere to maybe make a statement? Like there, there needs to be a change made. And I don't know if the addition is the way of doing it much more than a subtraction, which may seem likely. Uh, do you think that's a scenario for the Flyers? I, I think it. I think it has to be at this point because I remember about a week ago, um, Chuck Fletcher in his in his press his mid season press conference said that this team was not going to be sellers. That um, you know he hadn't been on the phone. You know maybe as much as he would be. Uh, during, you know, maybe a regular season where COVID wasn't a thing. I know a lot of teams right now are kind of impacted by that with, uh, you know, with finances. But um, I I think, you know, right now you have to look at it as, could they make an addition? Yes. They're going to have to give up something pretty, you know, to get a, you know, whether it's a a top defenseman like a Matthias Ekholm, who I've seen linked with the Flyers uh, from Nashville, you're going to have to give up somebody. Uh, you know, a veteran score probably to get him. Um, and then money wise, you know, especially with money wise, because, um, you know, he makes like three, four million dollars a season. Um, but I, 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 if, if they don't, I would say if they probably, if they don't get anything from the next two, three games, and they're, and they're not going to be easy because, I mean, let, but right now they can't be Buffalo. What are they, like I said, what are they going to do with the Islanders in Boston? Um, but if they don't get anything from these games, I could realistically see in a veteran score go, whether that's, uh, you know, whether that's a Jake Voracek, whether that's, uh, um, you know, as, as much as I'd hate to see him go, Kevin Hayes or, you know, because a lot of these teams out there, they would love to have guys like these. And um, they might not be be performing maybe to the level that they should be with the Flyers, but, um, you know, if you have a team that's in the mix right now, uh, a team that already has a good offensive core and you bring in a guy like that, that could, you know, propel you to maybe a, a deep run in the playoffs. So, um, so like I said, I think it's going to probably, probably give it like a game or two and see what, see how they rebound. Um, I don't think it's going to be good uh, after seeing the night, but you know, Hey, they've, uh, they've, they've proven me wrong a couple times this season with some results. Um, but, you know, listening to the broadcast, Jim Jackson and, and Scotty Hartnell and, you know, and even Scott Hartnell says they got to come out with some, some kind of fire in these games, take a lead for once, not play from behind and, um, you know, give themselves a chance. Cause, uh, they, they you, you know, you're not going to be a playoff team or anywhere near the playoffs, uh, by playing catch up every night. Yeah. That's not one way to do it. Uh, certainly for the flyers. So flyers again, Six to one loss to Buffalo. I don't want to talk about it too much because honestly, I mean, it's not painful at this point. It's just, I mean, it's not 
it's getting to the point where it's it's not even worth talking about the Flyers, which is really sad with all the expectations that came with the Flyers this season. Uh, this is just downright awful, and they're starting to look like the record doesn't tell you. They were able to, earlier in the season, tr- find ways to squeak out wins, but this is the one that tells you. The Flyers have hit rock bottom, and they may be one of the worst teams in hockey. Larry Henry Jr. joining us right now on the Dr. Glatt Regrow Your Hairline at LHenry019 on the Twitter machine. Thanks uh, a bunch of hockey picks that you can check out as well. We'll talk some union, too, with Larry Henry Jr., because a lot of union stuff to go over. Philadelphia Union, to be exact. Uh, but we do have a game tonight between the Wild and the Sharks. Any play for tonight's game, puck drops at 10.30, so just about 15 minutes here. Any play that you have? Yeah, uh, looking at these games, and even even the game as well, that just uh, just puck dropped between L.A. and the Golden Knights. Um, you know, I just want, I wanted to start with that only because uh, actually the Kings just took a one nothing lead. Um, but my play, I'm sticking with it with that game, is I do like the, the Golden Knights to come back. Um, I did like them on the puck line before the opening uh, whistle, which was at minus one and a half. Um, Vegas in three of their five games this season uh, where they've beaten L.A., they've covered that puck line uh, pretty convincingly. So uh, even down one nothing, uh, I still like the Golden Knights to come back and get the win. Um, they got a lot of offensive firepower there. So uh, definitely going to be a team making some noise come playoff time. Uh, and then the game you said, Minnesota and San Jose, uh, Minnesota's flying under the radar uh, this season, uh, doing pretty well for themselves uh, overall, um, 21-10-2, so, uh, so kudos to them. They've been doing pretty well. San Jose, 14-16-4, uh, and four, you know, they're in that tough division uh, out west with Vegas and Colorado. So uh, I like Minnesota to win tonight uh, in that game, and I also like uh, on the player props, Kevin Fiala from – Minnesota, he's scored in his last three straight against San Jose. Uh, he's been a top performer for them this season. So uh, I like him to light the lamp, and I also like Minnesota uh, on the money line to, to get it done tonight against San Jose. So the trade deadline is coming up April 12th for the NHL. I know we, we've been talking about the Flyers and the possible scenarios. You know, They seemed like buyers for so long, and now they're dwelling or getting closer to seller's territory. Uh, but what do you expect from the trade deadline? Because obviously, we, we even talked about that with the NBA. It affected the futures market. It will the same way for the NHL. What teams do you expect to be heavily involved in the, the trade market? And do you expect there to be any big trades? Because obviously, with the, the way this season is and still in a pandemic year and the way things have gone, uh, some teams might be timid. What, what do you expect from the trade deadline and which teams do you expect to be involved? I still expect there to be some moves for sure. Um, there's a lot of a lot of guys that I've been kind of keeping tabs on to see uh, if they do go. And I think you always have to start with uh, the teams that are out of it, like right now, uh, Buffalo being one, um, because they have two guys probably that are um, at least one of them, I think, that will get dealt, uh, and that's Taylor Hall, because uh, Taylor Hall, obviously, he um, you know was with the Devils recently, made the move. Uh, last season, uh, to end up, he finished the season with Arizona, which I thought was going to be a pretty good situation for him. Uh, he was only really a rental there, and he ended up in Buffalo. Um, 18 points in 34 games, so a little low um, compared to what he's normally able to do. But again, you're playing for you know Buffalo, who um, 
only struggles to find the back of the net unless they're, they're playing the Flyers. So uh, Taylor Hall, veteran, 29 years old. Uh, I think he's going to get dealt. Um, you know, uh, it's just a matter of who is going to take him, who's going to um, want to pay him some money to go. Um, looking at some other guys, I think Jack Eichel on that team, he could possibly end up going as well. Um, he's kind of had a down year, but I know he was also out with uh, with an injury, so um, he could be another guy uh, as well. Uh, and then, you know, when you look at it, uh, too, I mean, you know, when you look, I said, some guys on the Flyers, I think that could be maybe on the radar of some teams, like a guy like Kevin Hayes, uh, good on the penalty kill, good on special teams, can score goals, uh, physical uh, player. And then uh, Matthias Eckholm's another one, uh, the defenseman from Nashville. Um, he's a veteran in this league. Long-time player uh, in the league now, so he's racked up a lot of games. Uh, probably like a cap hit around uh, $3.5, 4000000 million. So uh, maybe he's just a rental for somebody. Um, you know, I thought if the Flyers were in a better situation, maybe they'd make a move to go after him. Um, but maybe – Maybe now that maybe that looks a little out out of reach for them. So, um, but those are just some guys I think that we will see uh, dealt before the deadline. Um, but I don't think we're going to see ma- as many major moves as we would uh, if we weren't in a COVID situation where again the finances are being uh, hit pretty hard uh, with you know with fans, um, you know some fans just being allowed back at the games and all. Yeah, certainly and. Uh, that's the the tough part to figure out. Like we already have the Avalanche start had been playing phenomenal as of late. I feel like the last time I talked about them, it was ah, oh, you know, they're playing okay, but Vegas is playing much better. Uh, Avalanche are playing great. They're plus four fifty to uh, win the Stanley Cup final. Tampa Bay Lightning right behind them, plus five hundred. Golden Knights plus eight hundred. The Maple Leafs plus nine hundred. Uh, anything so far? Now, now that it is kind of shaking out, like the Capitals and Islanders are there, plus thirteen hundred, plus fourteen hundred, respectively. I mean, those those two teams have been great in the East. Should we be giving a little bit more respect to them uh, in terms of a, a Stanley Cup winner? But uh, what teams have stood out to you? Is it just we're, we're sticking with Avalanche and Lightning at the top, or uh, are we looking down at the board a little bit and giving some credit to teams maybe like the Capitals, the Hurricanes, the Islanders uh, to win the Stanley Cup? I think we definitely have to start giving some notice to some of those teams, like you said, that are um, lower on the list because um, when you look at teams like Colorado, uh, Vegas, Tampa Bay, I think they were teams that even we probably talked when the season got underway and we all figured they'd be up there um, contending, you know, for the number one spot overall in the league. Uh, And Tampa Bay right now still has that, but you also have Washington, you have uh, the Florida Panthers, they're all three of those teams right there are tied on 50 points. Um, you have uh, you have John Jansen's second team, the Carolina Hurricanes, yes, at yes. 49. Uh, you know, got to give them some props because they've been doing really well and, um, you know, 6-2-2 two, and two in their last 10. So I think that could be a team that makes some noise come playoff time. Um, but one team I think, you know, I got to stick with and, you know, kind of pains me to do it is, is the New York Islanders because yeah. it's a team have that, to though, um, right? Have to. Yeah. They, yeah. They're just, they're consistent. Um, I know they were, you know, hit with, uh, with COVID not that long ago and some injuries. I know Andrews Lee, the captain's out for the season, but they've continued to really um, play at a high level and they're giving Washington kind of everything they can handle for that top spot in the East. And um, right now, plus 22 goal differential, 13-1-2 at home. Uh, they have two good 
two good goalies, uh, Semyon Varlamov and Ilya Sarukin. So um, anytime you have two good goalies, you know, it's kind of like an embarrassment of riches. So um, I think that value there, like you said, uh, plus 1,300, I think there's some good value there um, for Washington as well because um, – Seems like you know, uh, you know they're they've been playing it just as well. Alex Ovechkin seems to be scoring every night. When I look at it, um, they're getting some good goalie play as well. Uh, and overall, another good team that's been playing well at home, thirteen four and two. So uh, I think the East deserves some you know some extra um, you know recognition. But uh, I'm, I, I could understand if a lot of people like the West because Colorado uh, they got a lot of offensive firepower. They lead the league plus forty one goal differential. I know Mika Ratnan just scored his 20th goal of the season, so uh, it's pretty crazy to see someone not named Nathan McKinnon leading the Avalanche in goals. Um, and then, you know, you add what McKinnon does uh, to the mix uh, come playoff time. Uh, they're so gonna good. Be very, very, yeah. They're going to be very scary. So, uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping this year we get a we get a Vegas-Colorado-Western Conference final. I know last year – uh, playoff time, you know, we were talking about that, and uh, we didn't get to see it because we had Dallas uh, in there, and Dallas Dallas since then has uh, kind of fallen off the face of the NHL radar, tw- ranked 25th out of 31 teams. But, um, yeah, hopefully we get that this year, and it's looking like it. Colorado, Vegas, uh, maybe uh, maybe an Islanders-Washington Eastern Conference final, or, or no, 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 let me say Carolina, of course. Yeah, uh, the there we go. Final. Now, Carolina, now, now Carolina, you're Tampa doing it, Larry. <laughs> hey, Carolina and Tampa Bay, um, they've seen a lot of each other this season. They played some really good uh, games so far. I think that'd be a, a heck of an Eastern Conference final because um, both of those teams can rack up the goals, and they also played really good defensively uh, as well. I know both of them only have about 85 or 86 goals allowed, which is uh, you know pretty good for teams that like to uh, like to score the puck a lot. Talking with Larry Henry Jr. at LHenry019 about hockey, but I want to move on to another sport, and that is soccer. And specifically, the Philadelphia Union had their last preseason match today against D.C., but now it becomes probably the most important games or some of the biggest games that the Union are going to be a part of. Uh, How are the Union looking heading into the Champions League? And they seem to have signed another player to help them uh, in the Champions League. Or at least this season. So, so looking at the union, uh, yeah, closed out their friendlies today with a two nothing win over DC United uh, down at Subaru Park. So I was able to uh, catch some of that uh, on the stream on the on the club site. Uh, Anthony Fontana scoring both the goals for the union, so that's good because he's going to be playing a bigger role for the team this season with Brendan Arrington now uh, excelling in Europe, but. Overall, uh, Union, um, big game next week, uh, kicking off their uh, competitive schedule in the Champions League uh, in Costa Rica against Deportivo Saprissa, one of the powerhouses from Costa Rica. So it's not going to be uh, an easy test for the Union to start off the season uh, against a team like Saprissa, who's already in their uh, domestic season, so they've already got games under their belt. they got match fitness under their belt as well. Uh, and then looking at it, too, the union are definitely going to be down some players for that first leg because um, I recently spoke with Jim Curtin, uh, you know, for my season preview over at SBI Soccer, and um, and since then they've they've had 
some of their offensive players uh, still out with injuries. Casper Shigoko, uh, I know, was dealing with back spasms. Sergio Santos had a had a foot injury, so he had been um, kind of easing his way back into training. Uh, and then Corey Burke hasn't played a minute of a preseason yet through uh, through a groin injury. So uh, they're definitely going to be thin at the striker position for that first leg. Um, it's it's going to be tough. So hopefully they can get out of there with like a a zero zero score line or um, you know and get back to to Chester for the second leg, which is April fourteenth. Uh, at 8 p.m. and hopefully by then we'll have some uh, some more offensive players out there. But uh, but who knows? We could see uh, with with how well Fontana did today. I mean, we could see him at a false nine position for them. Um, they're gonna Jim Curtin's definitely gonna have his work cut out for him. Uh, you know, trying to piece together an offensive shape uh, for that game. But uh, I could definitely see them being very defensive minded in that first leg knowing that the second leg is at home, and hopefully you'll have some reinforcements coming in uh, offensively. Yeah, can't wait for it. Champions League for the Union. Uh, We obviously are going to be rooting very hard for the Philadelphia Union during Champions League play, and uh, it it is two of of the biggest games, or at least it's it's some of the biggest matches that the Union are going to have uh, in their franchise, and it's really exciting to see, and as... Uh, as you all know, we are very big supporters of the Union around here. Uh, hope they do well in the Champions League. But, uh, Larry, the, it, it is opening day tomorrow. So, of course, I have to ask you a baseball question. How do you think the Phillies do? Are, their, their total is 80 and a half. They're plus 285 to make the playoffs. Uh, where do you think the Phillies end up uh, this season? Well, looking at it, uh, first off, definitely excited to, to have some baseball back. Yeah. And, uh, you know, then I re- realized I got to get a free year of MLB TV uh, with my with my cell phone playing at T-Mobile. So this will be good. I can tune in to all the West Coast games and everything. But uh, but sticking to the Phillies, um, I think that, that over 80, I think that's the number that they will hit. Um, I, I think that this team will do uh, a lot better than maybe people uh, predict. I know a lot of uh, season project- predictions have been out there, and a lot of people are labeling the Phillies as uh, the fourth team in fourth place in that NL East uh, behind the Braves, Nationals, and Mets. Um, but I, overall, I think it's going to come down to uh, not so much maybe the, the hitting in the lineup, but I think that bullpen has to get a lot, be a lot better than last year. Uh, signing some guys like Archie Bradley was was huge. I think uh, I know Hector Neris is going to begin the season as the closer. I saw that uh, news floating around earlier, uh, so he's going to have to be consistent. But um, but overall, I think this is going to be an exciting season for them. Uh, I think you know getting JT Romuto back was huge. You saw Bryce Harper. Um, disappointing to see Scott Kingery kind of. Uh, you know, implode and go down to the to AAA, but uh, hopefully he can fine tune his swing and get back. But uh, I do think the Phillies will hit that over. Not so confident they make the playoffs only because I think that division is good. And even the yes, Marlins, it is. Yeah. I know they're even the Marlins are, are you know they're not great, but they do give the Phillies trouble. And um, <laughs> you know, it's like we've had this talk with the Flyers about beating teams in your division. The, the, the Phillies are going to have their work cut out for them. But uh, overall, it'll be good to see them back, and uh, I think it'll be a good season overall, uh, another step in the right direction. And uh, who knows, maybe they uh, surprise us in the first half and maybe make some kind of uh, you know big roster move come uh, you know trade deadline time. 
Yeah, it'll be fun to see for the Phillies this season. But as you said, uh, that division is very tough. And especially looking at the top team in the division, the Braves, it'll be a very tough test for the Phillies. And of course, they open up against the Braves tomorrow in Philadelphia. We'll actually be talking about that game very soon here on the line change. But Larry, uh, thanks for joining us tonight. Sucks that it had to start off with uh, the very... Uh, depressing and not as fun Flyers talk, but glad we got to talk other fun things like the Union, Phillies, and such. Uh, Always have a good time talking with you, Larry. Thanks for joining me tonight. Thanks a lot, John. Appreciate it. Go Phillies now. Go Phillies. Go Phillies. That's right. Go Phils. Let's have fun here. Let's have fun. I don't want to talk about the Flyers anymore, man. I'm done with it. At Henry 19 on Twitter. You can follow Larry Henry Jr. I'm done with it, though.